there's little kids throwing rocks into the ocean as they were surfing. Just like fucking. Yeah, yeah. I remember that part. As a little kid, I threw rocks everywhere. I don't know why kids do it. It's just Dude, I fucking still throw rocks. Why do we exact? Why do we throw rocks? I don't I'm know. Thirty-five I, years old, I will still throw a rock into water. I don't give a I, fuck. I know. I don't cool. know why. It just it does look cool. You want to see how far you can throw it. You want to see if it yeah. curves. You want to see if you can skip. There's so many reasons to throw rocks. You want to see know. how much of a splash there is. You want to see if you can hear it. <laughs> it's fucking. Who doesn't want to throw a rock into water? Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Jesus Christ! <laughs> Woo, you got hyper. Uh, all right, this is uh, this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we break down a different record from a different oh. band. Uh, and this week we're not just doing a band; we're doing a movie. Uh, and while you're listening, uh, go you know go to, do the usual stuff. Go to Apple Podcast, Spotify, give us five stars on there. Our handle on all the social medias is uh, Asinine Radio. So get into that. We have a Discord server if you want to join that. We'll sit, hit us up. We'll send you a link, and uh, we have a phone number you can call. Leave us a voicemail. Shoot us a text. The phone number phone number is five zero three eight nine three five three zero seven. So get into that. And now that the boring intro is out of the way, uh, what are we doing today, Jeff? We are doing the soundtrack to the end of summer. This episode, we're getting into the classic documentary, The Endless Summer, which was also re- which was released on June 15th, 1966. We're also getting into the soundtrack from the record, written and performed by the band The Sandals. Now, uh, that's a short intro, but that's fine. Super short. So, so short let's, give our, um, let's give our let's give our origin story on the movie, because I'm sure our origin story is the movie, not the actual band or the soundtrack. 
So, what do you got for that? Go. Uh, the Lord is to me. That's such a good song, though. That in the the in the summer theme song. Stupid oh, good. dude, it's fucking insane. Um, see, I my, I think my or, my origin with with endless summer is probably like my surf class that I took at FJC uh, Fullerton Junior College. Like my first semester there, my second semester there, and part of part of like the deal or the curriculum was to watch the movie. I mean, it was just, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's a surf class in college, right? So like, how serious could it be? <laughs> and so like part of the curriculum was was to watch the movie. Only in then, fucking Southern California, man. Orange County. I know. I know. And then uh, there was some other stuff we had to do. Like, like I had to either call or spend a good amount of time on the website of, fuck, I forgot what the name of it was, but that, that, that sewage processing plant that goes from the Santa Ana River runoff to the ocean. There's that, that plant oh, that's right yeah, there. Yeah. Whatever that is called, I'd, I'd either call them and ask them like certain questions or go on their website and find these questions so like there was like curriculum, but really the class was to show up at Huntington Beach every Thursday morning at at five thirty and, and surf for an hour and a half. <laughs> but that's uh, that's like the first time I I watched the endless summer was that was that surfing class, and um, I don't know, that's okay. Well, it was just okay <laughs> at the time. <laughs> all right, that was all right. fucking unbelievable. Like I've always liked <laughs> surf music. I've always just really really liked surf music, but I never yeah. got into surf music aside from the big names. Like until the surfing class, until endless summer, and then I really did, never dove into it as deep as I am now, aside from, or because of the vinyls. Like that's why I'm as deep as I am now is because of the vinyls. So it's been like a progression, and it's um it's cool. I like it. it all sounds the same, yeah. but it's amazing. I like it. It's fucking good though. Who cares if it sounds the same? It's too good. Yeah. All right. My uh my origin story. It started in high school. Uh, the first time I ever saw the movie was. I don't remember the teacher's name. It was my freshman year. Uh, Mr. Hoth? No, not Mr. Hoth. Fuck, he was the the earth science teacher. Did you ever have him? He Mm -hmm. he was kind of a short guy, blonde hair, had a mustache, and he had the the gopher from uh, Caddyshack, and he would always play him. And Mm -hmm. and then we'd always watch Adam Sandler movies because he loved Adam Sandler. (laughs) No. You don't remember that teacher? Fuck, what was his name? Anyway... It was him. He was a fucking super rad teacher. And uh, and he made us watch, outside of the Adam Sandler movies, he made us watch uh, Endless Summer. And that was the first time I ever watched it. And I thought it was fucking super rad. But I never went back to it until, until probably after high school. And then I just kind of became obsessed with it. I just, I watched it a lot. And, I mean, just this week, I watched it three times. Just this fucking week. I've, I've probably seen this, I've seen this movie dozens of times. And I still get like a thrill out of it. I don't know why. There's just something so calming and weirdly nostalgic for a time that we were never a part of. It's super weird, but I fucking love I mean, it. So there's, that, a, there's a lot of reasons for that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, because where we live, and that's, I mean, we there there are a couple of spots in the movie that are we've I've literally we both literally been there before, like the wedge. I mean, who hasn't been to the wedge? And, you know, I think, what did they go to Malibu as well, right? Yeah. We've been to Malibu. I mean, it's just like a couple of these spots we, we've absolutely been to. It's pretty fucking rad. But I know. So you you watched it twice this week, three times as well, right? I watched it three times, yeah. Fuck shit, dude. 
It's um because it's it's not it's not just like a surf documentary, and 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 documentaries loose because obviously it's chopped up to make things look cooler than they oh, were. Yeah. Like they're yeah. finding these spots, like the perfect wave when they've been in uh, Cape St. Francis. That was chopped up. Th- that that path they took down to there, that was a different path from a different beach. But he decided to use it because it looked cool for them to stumble upon this beach when in actuality they didn't stumble upon the beach. So yeah, like yeah. documentary is a, a fairly loose term. But for the most part, like this is this is it, man. This is this is like wanderlust at its at its best. And it's so it's so basic in its approach. It's so dumbed down and it's not just a surf doc, but it's also like like a, almost like a hero's journey. Like these two these two kids and their and their buddy who's filming them are going on a quest to find like the perfect wave. Like that's a hero that's like a hero's journey. It's yeah. it's it's also about like trying to like find inner peace and, and, and triumphing over something. So you're rooting for these two guys that you never hear talk. I know you hear their crazy? voice. Nothing. So, so it's it's there's so many there's so many endearing things about this movie that that extend far beyond than just surfing. It inspired people to not only just surf but to travel, to to explore parts of the world um, that uh, may seem scary or far away or too too different than than our own ways to assimilate ourselves temporarily. And so mm-hmm. it, you know it helped. It helped. It was yeah. God, yeah. it's just. And it's so fucking cool. Everybody I, I've likes never, surfing. Everybody likes surfing. Yeah, everybody. how can you not? It's just it's so much fun to watch. It's so calming. And people, I mean, even just being out, I, like just myself, just being out there. I mean, I can barely stand up on a board. I'm terrible. But I just even just being out there, just even body surfing or like boogie boarding, I don't give a fuck. It's a ton of fun. It's so much fucking fun. Even when you crash and, and wipe out pretty bad. Like after after you get up, you're like, wow, that was that was really scary, but I can't wait to get back out there and do it again. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird adrenaline adrenaline rush when you when you're being pushed to the bottom of the the floor and you cannot move because the current is so strong, and then all of a sudden the current just completely dis- disappears and you could stand up and or just get you know get some air. It's a it's, weird feeling. It's it's incredibly like humbling. It's incredibly humbling because. You you think like when you surf, you're like harnessing the power of nature. You are dominating something. You are overcoming like some obstacle that mm-hmm. that not everybody can do. And it's it's it takes like you know it takes guts and it takes brains and speed. But when you do like wipe out, <laughs> you're reminded that that like you're just being allowed to ride these waves as, yeah. as long as Mother Nature wants you to at any given moment. Like you're fucking dead <laughs> if she wants you to be dead. And that's and it's that's cool. <laughs> And it's so funny, like, you, you go out there, like, even just, like, fucking boogie boarding, man. You go on, like, a four or five-foot wave, and you wipe out on that, and you feel like you're going to die. But then these surfers are going out there riding 15-foot waves. You know, the biggest wave was, what, 85 feet? Fucking dumb. And they fucking survived. And some of these guys even wipe out on these huge-ass waves, like out in Portugal or Spain, wherever those big waves are. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? And I'm, I feel like death on a five-foot wave. It's fucking scary. It is, it is <laughs> fucking terrifying, especially like a lot of the yeah. Southern California, especially like the wedge. We talk about the wedge, but yeah, the wedges. Yeah, like that's the wedge is super unique because that there's a man-made jetty there. So when the waves come in, they come in once and they hit that jetty and then bounce diagonally off. So sometimes you get like an immediate double set of waves 
And then so yeah. if one, if you wipe out on one, as soon as you come up for air, there's another one right on top of you. But then sometimes you get that second wave combining with the first wave and it creates this massive wave, but then it like pulls all of the water out from underneath you. So you can see dirt. You see dirt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so if you are not careful, like you are fucked. And I mean, the wedge has been straight into- a big like boogie board spot because it's not, there's not a whole lot of room for surfing. So it's, it's more of yeah. like a boogie boarding thing. But people that surf the wedge are just fucking insane. Like that's that's just crazy. Those waves are it always is. big. They're always aggressive, and you are fucked if you fall if you wipe out. Well, because yeah, you get taken over. You get taken over by the curl. You get fucking fa- essentially face planted into the dirt. Because yeah, like you said, it like it's maybe two feet of water, and then it's sand and rocks. You know, it's it's fucking nuts, man. It's it's scary going out there. I mean, we used to go out there as kids. Like my parents would take us out to the wedge just to like watch. And then they would like let us go like in the shallow parts. But even like that, you know, it's scary when you're 10 years old. And I don't know, man. Fucking scary shit. But yeah, it's terrifying. I'd love the beach, though. I love the beach, though. I don't go. I want to go more, but I never do. I live 20 minutes away, 25 minutes away. And I never go. You live 20 minutes if there was no traffic or anything. Oh, that's that's true. That's a good point. Realistically, you live 45 minutes from the beach. Yeah, that's true. And coming home on the 55 right there? Like, come on. Oh, yeah, right come there. On. Anytime of the day. 405 and the 55? Doesn't matter. Anytime of day. Anytime of day. Right? You're right. It's Stupid. a nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare. Silly boy talk. Yeah. I don't know. This this documentary <laughs> is set up as as not just like a surf talk, like I said. There's a lot of, of wanderlust. There's a lot of what makes people like like Anthony Bourdain and, 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 watch, and make people watch like the Travel Network is because they want to get out there. But what what's so like unique about this is you're watching like two kids do it on like bare minimum equipment on on bare minimum dollars. They have like no money really, and you watch them just all smiles the whole time and like they're having a great time. Which yeah. they didn't have a great time the whole time. There's a lot of fighting between them all. And I guess one of the guys, Mike Hinson, didn't really like everybody else. Bruce Brown or, or Robert uh, Robert August. And he only went because of uh, the draft, the Vietnam War draft. Yeah, he, he was an afterthought. They weren't. He didn't. He they wanted like five other surfers to go, but none of them could go. And then they were like, "Well, Mike lives like in the upstairs, the upstairs like loft above my garage. Yeah, I guess we could, I guess we can invite him." And then after the movie, like after this movie came out, he got. I mean, that there's a whole other story after the movie in his life. Pretty fucking wild. Yeah, his life for right. sure has been wild. They're just trying to Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just trying the to drug like stuff. the drug stuff, trying to get money from this movie and kind of yeah. um kind of being hosed, kind of being hosed, but also taking a deal he shouldn't have taken and just just a, a long life of of being not famous, but um I mean like I get it. Like the the surfing, like that's seemingly the hardest part of of this documentary, but like Bruce Brown, like come on, narrates it sets up the music like it wasn't for bruce brown like there would be like the, like, like the sandals wouldn't have had a big break like this yes yeah. he he knew exactly what he wanted he he asked them and listening to like the sandals music without listening or watching the movie it's it's not besides the, the endless summer theme song it's not great it's not it's like simple. the greatest thing ever it's simple it's a basic basic surf rock but knowing where it came from knowing that it's in the movie knowing what parts you can hear different songs on it makes the soundtrack better. But if you've never seen the movie and you listen to the Sandals album, which was originally time Scrambler and then yeah. Endless Summer, it's not great. It's not the greatest surf rock album ever, no. for sure. <laughs> and so obviously this episode 
we're going to primarily be talking about the movie because really there's not a lot written about the sandals and the bit that there is it's whatever they're they made a few records here and there and they put like they one album much, this is it yeah and they wanted to be like they, they their like goal was to be the ventures which is cool but you know the ventures are you know outside of dick dale the ventures are surf rock i don't know and not only that okay i don't I, you probably saw this the original band name was called the shadow which is super fucking cool <laughs> and then they changed the name to Sen- the Sandels. Yeah. Like, what? And then they changed it for this movie to The Sandals. Like, how do, you, how do you go from The Shadow to The Sandals? That's so fucking lame. I mean, The Shadow is 100% not surf rock. Y- you call know, yourself... it's such a cool name. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but it's not like a marketable surf rock thing. And, and we're already at the point where the Beach Boys, like 1964, the Beach Boys have already been around for a couple of years. And have yeah. now dominated the surf rock scene. And then surf rock in general is going to die in another year and a half anyway. And so the sandals is like the best name you can, besides just, I don't know, the beach, the waves, <laughs> like, you know, these stupid fucking names. Like the sandals is a good <laughs> surf rock band name for a band that's probably not going to exist in another two years. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But damn, the shadows still so cool. Still so cool. The shadows is a cool name uh, for a band. All right. Um. Honestly, let's get back to the movie because, like you said, the songs are just—they're good. They're just good. But yeah, you got to watch it with the movie. You got to—you got to hear the music with the movie. So, uh, I guess. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about Bruce Brown a little bit. I mean, he's the guy who—who who, this is his entire movie. He directed it, produced it, wrote it, narrated it, shot it. I mean, when, when they did this whole tour of the world essentially it was just the three of them bruce mike and and robert and for i i don't know how true it is i didn't really see like a ton of sources on it but apparently they were just gonna do they were gonna go from the united states from like california down to south africa and back and apparently the the plane ticket to do that it was cheaper it was actually only 50 dollars more to travel the entire world yeah than to just travel from california to south africa and back so that's why they decided to hit a bunch of different spots you know and at like three or four different spots in africa uh, a couple spots in australia hawaii and california because it and yeah you think that it's about like the endless summer chasing essentially chasing summer all over the globe so therefore you could ride waves in warm waters all over the globe 365 days a year but like, don't forget, yeah. like you can just go to Hawaii and do that essentially for most of the yeah, time. <laughs> and so, yeah, they went down to South Africa or they're probably like the Cape Town and their travel agent said, yeah, you could like either fly straight home or for $50 more, you can go here, 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 here. And they're like, oh, <laughs> fuck yeah, let's do it. Because when they go to Australia, the water's cold as fuck. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. It's, it's not it's not summer over there. It was their winter. And so they're not chasing like an endless summer. It's just. You know, another again, just more um, lore into the doc, the documentary aspect of everything, which isn't entirely accurate or true, but you know. But then they go to like they go to Senegal and Nigeria, and the water is so warm. There was a part. I mean, I don't know how true it is, but you know, it was like ninety percent humidity. The yeah. air outside was like one hundred and ten, and the water temperature was ninety two degrees. And it was the only part, the, literally the only part in the entire movie or documentary that Bruce Brown actually shoots 
shoots film inside the water. And it, he even says in, in the narration that like it was so hot that I had to get in with the guys. And there's literally shots of them surfing like right next to the camera. Yeah. That and he was, never uh, did that. That was Nigeria. And that, that was in when Nigeria. they flew there on some like old like decommissioned World War II plane. And that was a scene where they're like, yeah, we were super scared. And he added like the 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 sound oh, of like World War II fighter yeah. planes like Meow, going down. Then, then he fil- and then, then he just like, flipped the camera the on the strip. side. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that's just like that's so cool. That's so cute. That's so funny. <laughs> but that's when he makes that that crack about like how it felt drier underwater than it did above water. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I like that. That's funny. Like these that little was really dad good. jokes that he throws in there all the time, and you know, in early age twenties throwing these little dad jokes in and think that's, that's what makes this movie so funny. And so, so cute, really just so cute. And just, it was, it was the way he, uh, he, he said things too, like his, his presentation of it all too. is like, it was drier underwater than it was above water. It, it just, <laughs> it was like, only, it was sarcastic, but not dry sarcastic, I guess you could say. It was, it's good. That's how, how the, a lot of the lines are yeah. in this movie. Yeah. But, and then, of course, there, there's like all the discrepancies. I think there was the in when they were in Australia. I don't remember what city, and they were talking about do do you go some days on this road where three days pass and nobody goes down this road, and they're like hitchhiking down the road, you know? Yeah. And then the, the car that's picking them up, if you look in the distance, there's a car driving away. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, come yeah. on, you could do better than that. Yeah, but, I mean, like, yeah, like for sure, this is. This is a guy that that knows what he wants to do, but just doesn't have the budget to do it properly. Mm-hmm. And this makes you think, like, dude, like this guy did this entire movie with fifty grand, and this is yeah. this is truly amazing. This is a movie. I, I, I don't want to call it a doc, but because it's like true. a movie, it's a movie. It's it's not true like a documentary should be, or completely accurate. It's a movie, but like he did it on fifty grand, and and we think of like the biggest movies of all time and. Like Titanic, like what was the budget for Titanic compared to this, and this, yeah. like this, this like really affects people. And one of these guys, I, I think it was, I think it's Hinson, he still works in like Westminster, uh, California, as like a, 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 a surfboard builder, shaper, yeah. or something. And, Both and he, of them do, I think. He said like Robert people still Mike. to this day will come into his shop and tell them, tell him like about how like this movie, this documentary changed their life, and they've never even been in the ocean, they've never been surfing. They just, they're just something about this. And again, I, th- I think it's just because of, of wanting to get out there and, and see like what the earth has to offer. And yeah. the ocean is just, I mean, it's just, it's always been calming and, and, and interesting and fun, but like a good and humbling reminder that you're fucking insignificant. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially when you go to like a, I mean, it's one thing to go to like, like you, we, you and I went, we were in, um, when we went to France, when we went to Nice, yeah, like seeing the ocean there was cool, but it, it, it was very different than what we were used to in California, in Southern California, where you know in, in California, in Southern California, you have these huge waves. It's it's like it's wild, and there's I don't. It, it's such a different experience than seeing the ocean in Europe. I feel, yeah, like it's it's such a I don't know. I, I can't even explain it. I mean, that it's, was it's weird. That that was for sure. Like vastly different um i don't know i i've 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 been in several beaches at least in the in the u.s but yeah same here it's just uh, nothing looks like it did in the in in this movie and that's that's partly because of this movie and then just 
you know, because people migrate towards the beach and fucking trash it. And <laughs> over the course of 50 years, this is, you know, this is what happens. You get to Huntington Beach and it's fucking disgusting. Oh, yeah, Huntington Beach sucks. But if, you it know, you go a little disgusting. bit further south, south, I mean, Newport, Dana Point, Laguna Beach. Dude, there's some there's some nice beaches down down farther south, south OC. Yeah, then you yeah, get, Huntington then Beach you is get, trash. I mean, rightfully kind of so. The locals there are very territorial and yeah, yeah. and they don't like people down there. I mean, I, I used to serve with Aaron Dillon fairly often. Mm-hmm. And going up to like the Hermosa area and then going all the way down to like San Clemente and stuff. Like there was That's a long track. I mean, not in that's one day. Fun. But Yeah, I know, but I mean just like the distance is that's like an hour and a half track. Like oh, anybody we, listening who doesn't know the area, if you were to go from Hermosa down to San Clemente, which I don't know, that's LA County to Orange County. That's like that's like an hour and a half, hour forty five drive. Yeah. Especially for if you're sure. going down PCH. Yeah. But again, yeah. it wasn't like one day, it was one weekend. We went to one, one weekend went to the other one. But it's yeah. it's it's I don't know, there's there's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad with with surfing and like I've never been really, really good. I've always ridden a big board at least like seven foot, seven foot five or more. I've just never yeah. been good on a short board. Aaron Dillon was really good at surfing. But was I just, he? I've yeah, he's pretty good. He rode like a little six footer, like a little fucking tiny board. Wait, I think I did. Yeah, I did go surfing with them once, but I was—I mean, I was always bad. I could—I can only stand up on a board that's like, like I said, set, I, I used to have a Rock and Fig seven six fun board, which is like a fat one. It's got it's thicker. It's got three fins. Doesn't go very fast, but like it's easy to stand up on. And yeah, that's all I needed. That was fine. I just enjoyed being out there. I enjoyed hanging out, sitting on my board, talking. <laughs> And, it was uh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. So, I, I don't know. It's 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 fun. Like this movie just, just evokes this, this sort of need to to get out and, and see the globe, which I I think at some point it should be just like a rite of passage for people to go out and see just what's beyond this this I don't know, your bubble, right? Like like going yeah, to Europe yeah. for us was was that that huge like turning point to where we were just like, "Holy fuck, man, this is st- I cannot even believe we're even doing this. We don't know any of these languages. We don't have any money. We don't know where we're going. We have nowhere to stay. <laughs> like, what are we going to do? Yeah, it was wild. Like, it was, fucking, it. It was, it was eye-opening. It was definitely eye-opening. <gasps> but in all the, like, a great, all good ways. Yeah. And, like, there were but, times where, where we were running out of places. Like, there was, like, yeah. where are we going to stay tonight? Well, everything's booked up. I don't know where we're going to stay. And, like, there were, it's like 7 o'clock at night. We still don't have a place to stay for the night. Yeah, I mean, we made a lot of mistakes on that trip, absolutely, but we always like made it through. I mean, it, we were never in like a. There were a couple dangerous moments or like very frustrating moments, but frustrating for sure. I, I never felt like it, we were in any danger. There was that time in Naples. Oh, uh, was it Naples? When when the those people were like surrounding us. Remember that shit? We we're in the train station. Really? Yeah, you remember that? We we were waiting for another train somewhere else and. We were stuck there for like four hours at the train station, and this like group of people started like surrounding us. I feel like I would Probably know like, there's just fucking somebody surrounding me. Like eight or ten, there was like eight or ten people, and they kept getting like creeping closer and closer to us. And we're like, yeah, oh, this feels kind of weird. And they had like a big dog. You, remember, you don't remember that? <laughs> no. Or like, let's bounce. Like, it was right next, we were like right next to a McDonald's at the train station. And I we're remember. like, oh, this feels really sketchy. So we just like, we, we bailed and we took off. I remember going to McDonald's. At some point. Maybe it was Naples or maybe it was Venice. I think maybe you're right. Maybe it was Naples. 
Yeah, I don't remember, but Italy sucks. Italy is like the yeah, worst that was country. Such my least, that was Europe, such dude. my least favorite country I've ever been oh, to in my life. Italy was terrible. Just yeah, did not have a good time in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, worse than Paris. And I fucking hated Paris. So I like Paris. Um, it's fun. Anyway, back to endless summer. Back to let's, endless uh, summer. Yeah, dude. Let's want to talk about want to talk about spots. What do we want to do? Well, let, let's play a song and then we'll get oh, into yeah. we'll get into some other stuff. Because why not? Why the fuck not? What's another song you want to play? I would probably do Scrambler. I mean, I feel like that's like their that's what that, so like, like Scrambler. The name of the song was the name of the original album as it was yeah. coming out, and then it transitioned to the soundtrack for the Endless Summer. So it was the Endless Summer soundtrack. But like this band, this band released like Seven Inches, and much like I'm continuing to find out, a lot of surf rock bands just capitalized on the boom of surf music and just released Seven Inches. They didn't have enough time to write an album. And so they just threw out a bunch of seven inches, made a little bit of money, and then went about their day. And that's kind of what like the Sandals did. They had some seven inches before, and then some seven inches after. But they never, they never did like an album. And this isn't like an album. This is just an album. Like a, this is like a soundtrack. So they never even had like an actual album. This is a fucking yeah, soundtrack yeah. band at best. True. Very very true. All right. So let, let's. I'm gonna play a little bit of a scrambler right now. The opener, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. So here we go from. The sandals. There it is, Scrambler, from the Sandals, from the Endless Summer soundtrack. I hate the motorcycles. I hate the motorcycles on this song. <laughs> so and this, the other songs too. So like like surf music eventually became the Beach Boys vocal stuff, Jan and Dean, and then it also kind of became like hot rod music. And this is this is a perfect example of of why. Like how first of all how short surf rock w- was even, it was literally yeah. only like three or four years, and this is a good example of how, on the outs, the sandals were or the sandals were sandals sandals were, 
because this is I don't think it's I think it's a hot rod. I think it's supposed to mimic a hot rod. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Because even like even like Dick Dale used to complain about how fucking dumb, like how fake and, and disingenuine the hot rod rock was because it was very similar to surf rock but instead of talking about waves and stuff you talked about like carburetors and other car stuff that i don't know about but like this is <laughs> this is a good example of it like this the sandals are already on their way out like if it's like the endless summer made the sandals legendary had it not been for that the sandals would be nobody's no that's but, very that's very but i do point. like this song i like i like a couple of things i like those those quick like I like those things. Oh yeah, I do too. Yeah, and the ride—how crisp that ride is—is just—it's fucking amazing. I love it, and I can hear such a good sound in that ride cymbal, and it sounds awesome. There's only a few moments on this record, on the soundtrack, where the there's a good rhythm guitar and a really good guitar lead. Like otherwise, it's just like you know a typical surf thing where it's just one lead guitar and that's pretty much it. But this is this is one of those examples where it's a good, it's good rhythm and lead. So I dig that a lot. And you're right. And this is this is also another one of the songs where the it's not the only one that has that really crisp like bell sound, the bell on the ride cymbal right there, because it's fucking loud. <laughs> it's really loud, but it's good. I dig it. It's so crisp. Yeah, dude, the know. Beach Boys are like like one of the best things and one of the worst things to ever happen to like surf music. I mean, surf <laughs> music, there's no way it could last that long anyway. It's just not it's just not varied enough. Like Dick Dale was the only person who could who could bring in multiple cultures really into surf music and make it sound cool and make it sound fun. The Beach Boys inevitably kind of like I guess made surf music like live on forever. But yeah. they also like ruined it with their harmonies and stuff, and that was annoying. I feel like also with, with the problem with surf music is that it's not varied; it's too positive, it's too happy. There's no, there's nothing more there, because even when you get like into jazz or or rock and roll, like there's always like or blues, especially like it's very, it's it's a varied style. But surf, it's just one thing. That's it. It's having a good time with your girl. Nothing more. Nothing less. Well, I'm for it's, sure. I'm, I'm definitely leaning in the camp now of like a surf rock purist. Where I think, for it to be surf rock, it has to be instrumental. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, it just it has to be instrumental. Just because you can you can talk I about agree. surfing in the USA, Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, doesn't mean doesn't mean that you're you're surf rock. And if it wasn't for no. Dennis Wilson, um, they wouldn't even be like a surf band. Because I mean, Dennis Wilson was the coolest Beach Boy because he surfed and fucking was a badass. But it was, uh, I don't know, the, the Beach Boys, I love the Beach Boys. I love them a lot. I think they're fucking amazing. But like surf music wise, I mean, it's. They're not it's, a surf band. It's Dick Dale. Yeah, 100%. Dick Dale is the king of surf surf rock. King of surf, baby. Like hands down. You cannot beat him. And, and I wouldn't and, even consider the Beach Boys surf rock. They're they're a pop band. They're they're, they're That's it. They talk about surfing, but they're not a surf rock band. They don't have that sound, that that style. Even like when they try, it wasn't they're, it wasn't the same. They're early. I mean, Jan early, and Dean did it better than the no. Ventures did it better. Well, I mean, I mean Jan, Jan and surf, did not do better than Beach Boys. Surf rock wise, yeah, not pop wise, but surf rock wise, yeah, they did. No, Jan and Dean were were for sure a one hundred percent a vocal band. They they didn't play anything. They were just they yeah, were but just, they still no. That was that was, that was even after the Beach Boys anyway. They be, the Beach Boys were their first. After? Yeah, the first couple albums by the Beach Boys are surf rock because even though they have those harms, it's surf music underneath. It is surf music underneath through and through. 
But then they came out with songs like 409. And yeah, like Chiefs will find my 409. I get it. Like that was from that was from their first album. And that was still kind of like ushering in the hot rod music stemming from surf music. And that was like 62 or 63. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think the Beach Boys are surf music like in their in their roots. But I think they they fell so fast from that and just became a pop band, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with a pop band sometimes. No. But but what the Beach Boys did for music in general, just over and over and over and over is just unmatched. <laughs> unmatched, baby boy. <laughs> yeah, they did a lot. They did a lot. I'm not really into them, but matched. they did a lot. But like the Ventures been around since the fifties. And so I know. They talk about talk about like like uh, I don't know, longevity and surf rock. Like Ventures have been doing that shit since like fifty seven, fifty eight. But also, you know, their biggest hit wasn't even theirs. It was Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith was, wasn't surf rock, though. I know, but he wrote Walk, Don't Run. Okay, well, if, you, if, you, if you take Miles Davis' Kind of Blue and make it surf rock, I mean, it's still, still a surf rock song. <laughs> That's a terrible example. That's a fucking terrible example. How's that a terrible example? You're you, taking like an like a, like a iconic jazz record. Has nothing to do with the original version. Bringing up the original know, version know, has nothing know, to do I with know, the surf rock I know, version. I know, I, I'm just, it has nothing to do with it. Plus, oh, like note, that, the, like the Ventures' first album didn't come out to 1960, 1961. They were around two, three years before that, like just recording like demos and and seven inches. And so, like they they t- it took them like two or three years. That's why most people think that surf rock is from like the early 60s. But like a lot of these guys were playing surf music in the late 50s. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because of the seven inch thing, but I mean that that was kind of music in general. It wasn't just surf rock. It was rock and roll. It was, it was anything popular. It was it was done in seven inches and and even EPs before a full length record. Sure. That's why you have somebody like Django Reinhardt. I mean, they, I don't think he ever put out like a full length record. He, it was all it was all singles, and then you know over the decades they've just compiled the the singles into albums or compilations. Yeah, it's so because it there's no the melodies there, and, and no one's gonna buy a fucking. But also, no, no one's gonna buy a, a, an album full of just stuff that's <laughs> not jazz, but it sounds like jazz kind of, up until maybe like 1998. But Nobody cares about mean. that. But yeah. You know what I mean? But like surf music kind of heralded in. I don't know what like vultures really, because by the time surf music was on its way out in '64 '65. People were still trying to capitalize on it and just releasing a bunch of six or seven inches. And I bought like an album once. It's called Digging Out. And it's just like a bunch of late, mm-hmm. like mid 60s, like 65, even like pushing it to 66 of a bunch of bands who I like researched every single one. And they all they did was release seven inches in that, that span of when surf rock was like everybody knew it was done. And it's yeah. like, okay, here we go again. It's all the vultures just come out. <laughs> That's anything gross. though. That's it's pop music. Anything that that gains any sort of popularity. That's what. Look at Exotica music. That w- it was the same thing, except Exotica music. They would make fucking full length records rather than set of it seven inches. But and like nobody cared about exotic music ever. Well, in the history, uh, that's mankind. very wrong. <laughs> I mean, the three big ones. They're compared they're to, still wildly pop. Why do you compared think to like I surf mean, rock is just never? Yeah, pennies to the dollar. But also, when you think here. about it, no, nah, okay, well. Uh, Look at it this way. They're still repressing Martin Denny records. Like a brand new pressing of Quiet Village just came out a f- few weeks ago. <laughs> They're, They're repressing st- everything. We're, we're in a, a weird period now where plants are backed up years in advance because they're repressing literally anything. Literally. 
Anything. But you know what I mean. The, the Exotica is still kind of out there. I, I would say more so than a lot of surf rock. <laughs> no, Even Dick Dale. Even Dick no. Dale. Come on. You're just being silly now. I, 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 but, I respect okay, it. But, it's cute what you're doing, but just, you're, you're just being silly. I, I really I really can't tell you. I haven't seen any modern... Rep- I haven't seen any represses, sealed represses of Dick Dale ever in the wild. I've seen Martin Denny, but not Dick Dale. Maybe if you just... But like the genre, Exotica versus Surf Rock? Mm. Come on. Uh, Come on. Uh, Regionality aside, this, this not a, what are, you, are you fucking stupid? Like, you, you <laughs> fall down, hit your head again? What are you talking about? <laughs> if exotic music is more popular than surf rock, like, just by listens, well, by just, like, like, if you're a betting man, if you're talking to whatever God anybody believes in, you're, you said, hey, I know you have all the answers. What is the number, what is the tally for the amount of listens for exotic music versus the amount of listens for surf music in general, both of them over time? Because he has all the answers, or she has all the answers. You, it, you you'd put money that Exotica has more listens. Maybe not. Maybe not. Come Only on. because you Don't know the be big silly. Dick Dale hits, you know the venture stuff. And Surf Even Rock taking, blew up again in the nineties. Like Surf Rock had a resurgence because well, of so Dick did, Dale. Um, I'm not Exotica, but lounge music did too in the nineties. You, you have to have a surgeons to have a resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> fucking talk, you talking about surges fucking look at martin denny he put out 42 records in oh, like 10 yeah. years they're all fucking gold they're they all sold millions <laughs> and changed the world for the better sure man they sold a lot what's that martin sold denny move or movie with exotica that makes people feel really good that was a documentary <laughs> you're so dumb what was it called uh, uh i don't remember either trying to think of, i'm trying to think of something but i got nothing keep thinking baby boy and yeah, and this summer, let's get back to this. Let's get back to this. Damn fuck it. Let's get back to the movie. Summer. I don't give a fuck. It's so good. Um, should we talk? What, what? Oh, you mentioned something before we started recording that I didn't notice. Do you What's know what that? I'm talking about? No. You said somebody was in blackface. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, what was? I I've never noticed it. So there's only hmm. one. There's, there was only one time where I really realized, like, damn, these guys are like. They're not like douchey, but there it's it was this is definitely a different time, and yeah. it's it's when the little kids over in uh, I think it was Ghana, fucking oh Ghana, when they're all on the beach. always it, always beating us in soccer the U S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they were they were in Ghana and they were talking about what the fuck he said. Uh, th- there's little kids throwing rocks into the ocean as they were surfing, just like fucking yeah yeah I remember that part. As a little kid, I threw rocks everywhere. I don't know why kids do it. It just I fucking still throw rocks. Why do exactly? Why do we throw rocks? I don't I'm know. Thirty five years old, I will still throw a rock into water. I don't give a I, fuck. I know. I don't cool. know why. It just, it does look cool. You want to see how far you can throw it. You want to see if it yeah. curves. You want to see if you can skip. There's so many reasons to throw rocks. You want to see know. how much of a splash there is. You want to see if you can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking. Who doesn't want to throw a rock into water? It, it, but, but but he sees or Bruce is, is filming the African kids and he comments something something I think it's this specifically but something like being good Africans they throw rocks or like being good mm. African kids they throw rocks yeah yeah kind of I remember that I, I think it, I think he meant it more so just I don't know as a dumb joke of why kids are fucking throwing rocks but it, it definitely came off as like the casual racism subtle subtle yeah, racism it was yeah. i don't think i don't think it was it was the intention was was anything like that i think they're just dumb kids saying something stupid that sounds a lot worse now than it did back then 
Um, but then, yeah, there was a, there was another part where there was a shot of one of, um, it was when they were going through, I think the it jungle was part. Yeah. When they're going through the jungle, <laughs> Yeah, which was filmed in like, like Dana point or somewhere like local. It was, it was filmed out here. It wasn't filmed in like Australia or wherever they said it was. And there's a shot of this, this tiki man like jumping out and it spooked him and it's got like sharp teeth and it's all face painted. You remember that part? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was and one then, of their friends. Then, was it really? Yeah. No, that's the white, the black face. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, like it, like two two different articles I read, one from LA Times and one from the Orange County Register, both said that that was one of their friends. In Holy blackface. shit! I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But again, like this is not like let's take a step back. Let's let's you know let's let's re let's, let's readjust, reimagine, re revisit <laughs> what is what is happening at the time. And yeah. and they are in a different land, and they they've never been exposed to this much as like the people at the land have never been exposed to us. And there's multiple times where they say like I've, and he admits like I've never seen th- this type of person. I've never seen like this type of civilization, just as much as they've never seen someone like me. And they learn. They learn a lot from from all of these people that they're visiting. They help a lot of people learn how to surf. They're patient with everybody. They go out there, and you know they're semi respectful. Being yeah. early twenties, I guess, as respectful as early pe- people in the early twenties can possibly be, and so this this scene is is just a, a, a poor attempt at being funny, I guess. Yeah, that's it's not funny no now, idea. but uh, no, you know. no. I mean, even 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 when even before knowing this right now, the supposedly their friend being having blackface on, like even then it w- it was just wasn't it wasn't a funny bit. It was stupid. It was, it was very like nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties. Yeah. You know, it was stupid, you know, like they, like, they oh, sped Dad, up like the ugh. film. Yeah, it was stupid. Uh, but nah, that's crazy, dude. I had, I did not know that. And then like the whole fact that like the biggest thing people are, are super upset about is is like they're in you know South Africa and there's you know there's some big political shit going on in South Africa in the '60s from the '50s to like the early '90s the apartheid like that's going on yeah. and they Which never mention it. But like they don't need to mention it. That's not that's the not, point. Of that's the, not what this yeah. fucking thing is about. And like every article that I was reading is is it all came down to to that. And like, why weren't they mentioning this? Why weren't they talking about this? It's like, dude, man, I it's it's just not what this is about. That's not why they're here. It's like it's 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 a dude. It's it, not the time. Not the time right now. This that's not what this is about. I I could be completely mistaken because obviously you and I did not grow up in the sixties, seventies, and most of the eighties. We you know we don't we don't know how much people were talking about apartheid back true. in the sixties. That is true. You know it it could have been something that honestly they probably didn't even know what was going on, especially that early on. Because what when did that start in the late fifties? If I'm not mistaken, up it was until like, what ninety one, ninety two. It was like early fifties until like yeah. early nineties. So it for sure so, was like right in the middle of it, and there had to have been signs everywhere like like separating you know, whites from non-whites. There had to have been signs yeah. and, and things of, of separating races from some of the beaches they went to. So they, they definitely seen it. They definitely saw and, it. And you know, when you think about it too, like when, when they're in South Africa, they're always with white people. You notice that? Yeah. Like the, all the servers, they are like, what is What's the scene? Like, oh yeah, we, we, we came here to go to beaches that never been seen or we like to surf with like one or two people, but 40 surfer, surf, 40 other people show up. Yeah. And they're like all rolling up in their, in their, VW bugs. And it's true. They're always and like they're all white. white. Yeah. yeah. It's either they went but to a beach and it was all like African American or it was just all white. 
Yeah, but but the the one way where it was all African people, it was when they were in Ghana, Nigeria, and Senegal. It was never when they were in uh, in South Africa. I never yeah. know. I never realized that till right now. Yeah. And and that's um I don't know that's that's what it, and don't forget these are these are like kids, bro. They're like they're fucking kids. They're idiots. Like again, yeah, the guy yeah. went on this so he could in hope to like avoid the draft. And, like this was yeah, like yeah. A, a, a thing that he wanted to do because like nobody wanted to go to Vietnam and. Nobody wanted to do that shit. Nobody wanted to go to war. Nobody wanted to do anything. And these kids, for sure, didn't want anything to do with, like, the apartheid or any kind of... Poli- and then, like, JFK was assassinated, like, while they were gone. And you know yeah. they heard about it. Like, you know and it was on, all over the radio when they heard about it. And on top of that, it was the infancy of of the civil rights movement. You know, this is, like, the very, very early stages of the civil rights movement here in the United States. So the way that, you know, as young as they were... And naive as they were, even if they saw fucked up shit in South Africa, they're not going to really kind of, you know, think twice about it because it's still there's still a lot of fucked up things going on here in the States. So why would they bring it up on top of it having nothing to do with the movie that they're making? Right. And that's that's the biggest takeaways. It's it's not like what they're saying, what we're saying, what others are saying is that these don't mean anything. It's just that that's not what they set out to do. Yeah, yeah. And they could have incorporated it. Yes, maybe, possibly. I don't know. They didn't. So I don't, I, I can't say for sure, but they're making a surf dock and they're doing it because they're a bunch of kids just wanting to experience their life at that moment. And they're doing it the best way they possibly can being stupid kids. Yeah. And on top of that, when you think about it too, where they travel to, the the countries that they travel to in Africa were probably the only somewhat safe places to travel to at the time because a lot of Africa, even to this day, a lot of Africa is, it's rough. It's really fucking rough for everybody, tourists, locals, everything. And for them to go to as many places they, as they did it back then is pretty, pretty wild to think about. There was a part but, too that, that people said that, um, I thought it was just a joke but people attributed to them acknowledging the apartheid, but not wanting to get into it was when they were in, uh, they're in South Africa and they said that the sharks and the porpoises haven't learned to, to integrate quite yet. Cause, cause they said like, Oh, you don't, you don't go in the water if you see sharks, but if you see dolphins, that's fine. Cause if you see a lot of dolphins, chances are there's probably no sharks cause there's no food cause dolphins can eat the food before the sharks do. Yeah. Cause they're faster. And they're like, yeah, but the sharks and the dolphins haven't seemed to haven't learned to integrate quite yet. Which I thought that was just oh, a stupid throwaway joke, yeah. but there, I don't, I don't yeah. think there's any subcontext to that whatsoever. These are again stupid kids out there riding waves, probably trying to score pot in South Africa, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and so like the, let's play. What? And the last thing, the last, the last problematic thing, I guess, was people were just mad that these guys are essentially using <laughs> using the world's beaches as their personal playground. So and I thought what, that was what? like the most egregious, egregious. <laughs> Like that's complaint. insanity. Like, really, dude? Like, that's your fucking complaint? That's exactly what the beach is for. I know, right? That's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. other than that, you know, whatever. <clears throat> All right, so let's play another song. Um, let's play, uh, what do I want to play? What should we play? What do, what do you want to play? Some of the last ones were pretty cool. Like, Trailing was good. Uh, Wild as the Sea. I thought that was pretty good. All right, let's, let's play... Uh, let's play Wild as a C. That's my. That's actually my two B because yeah. I did give all these a a, a B on this. So huh. here is uh, Wild as the C from uh, the Sandals.
There you go. Wild as the sea from the sandals from Endless Summer. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a great one. And that's one of the, the uh, one mm-hmm. of the few ones that fades to a wave. Like at oh, the very yeah, end, yeah. It, as it fades out, it goes back into the wave. And so it's just like going back out into the sea. Slowly. So cool. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. This, is, uh, this is also another song. The reason why this is so high for me on, a ba- on my banger list is because it has the melodica, just like the theme song. The theme song has the melodica that kind of like almost battles with the guitar. Dude, I, I love I love that instrument. It's, it gets it's, me every time. It's good usage because a lot of like early surf music use a saxophone in the same way, but the saxophone is is obviously it sounds like a fucking saxophone. You show yeah. the melodica in there; it's mimicking a saxophone. It's doing what the saxophone would do. But it's so weird, it's so quirky that you can't help but love it. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 great. I fucking love it. God, so, the the melodica, so the melodica is almost as addicting to me as the like the vibraphone is or the xylophone. Like wh- when I hear it, I just think, dude, this is like the best. This is the best thing. This is the best thing on that record, <laughs> just because of that one instrument. I'm instantly hooked by it. Oh boy, it's fantastic. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's a good it's a good song. This is one where where they're ringing out the chords, kind of in just a classic surf rock way. The rhythms r- r- like just ringing out chords, and then the lead is just hitting those notes. But this one's got a lot of like minor chords. They're, so they're ringing out like a lot of minor chords. So you know, a lot of surf rock is is kind of deemed as poppy. And like I think you mentioned something earlier about it just being all being very happy, very upbeat. Yeah. This one's kind of this is kind of a little downtrodden, a little melancholy. Yeah, it's probably one of the slowest songs on the entire record. Yeah. Which is it's a nice it's a nice change because a lot of it is just kind of like it's either faster, kind of Motown sounding, but then you kind of get these like slower grooves and it's it's a nice mix up of it all. I got we can we can do like we can do trivia. I got like more stuff on the the surf spots, some of my favorite surf spots. Well, okay, so so like surfing what the, the, history in general, what do you want to do? The one thing I really want to touch upon is uh, is Mike Hinson. Mike, we, Hinson. we we could we could do it. We could talk about the um, let, let's talk about the surf spots first, and then we'll talk about Mike Hinson because his uh, his story was uh, 
pretty interesting, pretty wild, pretty pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. After the movie, so so yeah. What 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 do you got about the surf spots? Um, so like the the coolest ones were were like Ghana, like like the Ghana, Nigeria. Those were those were cool because they made it seem like these people had never seen what like surfing is was yeah, yeah. surfing was. Um, and then it was it was kind of fun to see them trying to teach the little kids how to surf. Oh, that was cool, yeah. And then it was it was interesting to watch them kind of uh, also stick around to help because I I I mean for whatever it's worth, Bruce said that they helped with the fishing. You know, they, they put that oh, yeah, big net yeah, out there right. and it took them like an hour to put the net out there. And then they just caught like thousands of fish. <laughs> yeah. But like Bruce had said, he had helped or one of them had helped like put the net out there and actually like, did work and stuff. And then it was kind of cool to see how they observed how the people divided the catch based on um, just like the amount of work contributed or just mm-hmm. how big they were in general. Because he mentions at one point, like, oh, yeah, they, they divide the fish based on, like, whose net it is or whose boat it was, how much work you contributed, or just how big you are. And then <laughs> or, you how see, loud like, you, or how loud you can yell or something like that. Yeah, too. and then you see, like, this, like, some of this fucking, like, this, this, like, ripped guy just, like, taking a bunch of fish. And, like, god damn, that guy's really jacked. <laughs> and, like, a lot of these, like, guys are, like, really ripped and fucking, like, jacked up. And I just, I was like, wow, dude. Hitting the gym or something, I don't and then know. And then they're and then they're t- and then there's the part where they're they're teaching the kids how to surf, and then uh, and then they say something like, "Here comes the heavies," and the these, heavies, like, big fuck the heavies, these big fucking guys come in. And they just like take the surfboards and just go into the ocean. It's like, they like yeah, even, you don't want to mess with them. They don't even <laughs> take the surfboard. The head, like, like like little kids fight over it and even take it from like Mike and and Robert. Yeah, <laughs> but like when the heavies come to take it from the little kids, the little kids just scatter. And yeah, the surfboard right? just left there to float on its own. So he just, <laughs> but he comes at him so aggressively, like he trashes through the water like as fast as he can, and they pick <laughs> the surfing up quick. I know. I was I was shocked by that when when they were on Mike and Mike and Robert's surfboards. I mean, the movie made it seem like you know it was within like two or two or three rides, but but even still, like if it was longer than that, that's that's quick. Which makes people me think have, that they they surf there. In some capacity, I mean, surfing's been around for thousands since like the yeah. fifth century of humans. But also, you know, there there was the part too in that in that entire scene where they're like, yeah, after they they put the nets out in the water and they're like surfing the boats back onto shore. Yeah. I mean, it's the same idea, right? They so. know how to catch the wave because they use the wave to come back in. So it's just rather than sitting down rowing, you're just standing up. Yeah. yeah. But that that was that was uh, that was cool. I liked that. I was just I was just watching them like teach like the kids in Ghana how to surf, and I was thinking like, dude, what a fucking dope life, man! What a cool, <laughs> what a cool experience. You, I mean, for uh, the way we see it on TV on television is just they are in a foreign land, they don't speak any language, but the common denominator is fun, and now they're teaching mm-hmm. other kids how to have fun the way we have fun. We being like Mike and Robert, and I just thought like that was so cool. That's just a. A cool middle ground. That's like going to a bar. Like we went to a lot of bars in Interlochen. We were drinking beer with people that we did not speak the same language, but <laughs> yeah. we're watching soccer and drinking beer, and that's all that fucking mattered. Germany as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, we spent so many <laughs> hours in that bar in Germany. <laughs> Didn't pay for a thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only time in my life I've ever skipped out on a tab. That was an accident, though. It wasn't like we intentionally did it. We we all thought we had paid, but not but we hadn't. We, we intentionally did not pay for the next day. That's true. Yeah, we we still stayed in the same hotel, but we didn't go back to that bar. And we avoided. We, we yeah, we we avoided and put our heads down in shame. And yeah, 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, what a, what a fucking, what a dope life, man. What a cool, what a cool concept. What a cool experience of just going to different places, surfing, doing what you love, and sharing it with people that may or may not know uh, anything about what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's awesome. there's the part two where they, they go to Tahiti, Tahiti, and they, they go to one beach and there's like, there's literally no, there's nothing there. So he, Mike is writing like, he's writing his surfboard on the back of a boat. Just like hitting the little wakes on the on the from the boat coming from yeah. the boat, and then they then they apparently they drive down like the coast a little bit or around to the other side of the island, and there's some waves there. But that was around the same. Uh, that was around the same time when when he kept uh, narrating, and it's kind of made me. It makes me laugh even when I think about it. Where he's talking about how everybody, you go to a spot where everybody says it's really good, and you get there, and it's just a dud. But everybody says, "Oh, you should have been here yesterday." <laughs> I like that too. It's so fucking good. annoying. Like it's probably the most annoying thing to hear. Like, "Oh, you should have been here yesterday." It's like it's like Sloan's like getting into a car accident and saying, "Oh, you should have taken an Uber." Huh? It's like, motherfucker, I know, I get it. Okay, I missed it. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh, I like that line too. That was good. And like like Cape Town, I thought that was interesting because where we're from in Orange County, you don't surf in groups. You just fucking don't. You paddle out in groups, but especially yeah. like Huntington Beach and Newport, it's so well, it's, territorial. It's, and if you if you get in front of somebody, even just like surfing with Dylan, it was like it was pretty it was pretty gnarly sometimes. Where like there was arguments, and it's like, dude, like can I just have one wave, please? Like can I just try it one time <laughs> without you fucking on my ass? And it's just a different it's a different mindset than SoCal. And it was cool to see that culture there in Cape Town. How they surf in groups and they encourage yeah. like wave sharing and they don't mind cutting each other off because falling down was to like for them just as fun as like standing up. And like that was that <laughs> there were cool. so many so many times like almost every shot was somebody running into into another person. But there was there laughing. Were so many people out there. Always laughing, yeah, yeah. goofing off, it wasn't having malicious. a good time. And that was cool because it was crazy that like two oceans are converging in this like that little peninsula. Oh yeah, and, that's right. And the difference between the two oceans, which are only like a couple miles apart, like when you go from one beach to the other beach, is like over twenty degrees. The difference, like yeah. that's crazy. From the and, like, Atlantic Atlantic to the Indian Ocean. Yeah, and just like the way the currents are hitting, like the way the the Indian Ocean kind of comes down south and hits like the Atlantic and then scoops backwards and like all these, all these uh, like are they called jet streams underwater? Like the ocean currents. I think it's just currents, not the jet stream. I learned it from Finding Nemo, but then I forgot. I thought it was actually. I thought like the underwater jet streams. I'm gonna call them now. The underwater jet stream. I thought I thought it was a fake thing, and then Finding Nemo. I was like, "There's no way that's a real thing. There's no way there's fucking jet streams <laughs> underwater that do this." And like, sure, shit. Like that's it's crazy real. to think about. Fucking I still nuts. I still think it makes no sense, but that's fine. <laughs> Science. <laughs> I, that, have you ever have you ever yeah, have you ever swam in like? Have you ever been on the East Coast outside of New York? Have you ever been on the East Coast of of the U.S.? No, just New York. Okay, because I when I was in Florida once, we went swimming. I mean, we went swimming a lot in Florida, and the water temperature there compared to here in Orange County was insane. Like it was, it was like bath water in Florida, like fucking bath water. It was insane. That's terrible. But you go, you go to fucking Huntington Beach, even during like. You know, at any time, it's always like 60, 50 to 60 degrees. It's always fucking cold. Yeah. Which, it's, I mean, it's like. It's so weird. Not that cold, but. No, it's, it's pretty fucking cold. <laughs> like, it's. And, come on, seriously. Even during the summer, it never. 
gets above like 75 or 65 not even 70 i don't i don't think yeah but like i don't know you have a little t-shirt on or like a a, a wetsuit just top and you can still wear board shorts and you're fine oh well, yeah but you know most of the time when you go to the beach you don't wear that unless you're surfing Shit. that's but all i ever anyway. wore was just a wetsuit top oh when you went surfing yeah i never wore a full wetsuit just a top we don't need to. It's not that cold. Yeah, it's not that cold. The most of the time no. during the day, I just I have no top on. No top on. Yeah. Oh, and then there was that part too. It just reminded me. Fuck. What do you call them? Like the girls' top bathing suits. He called them like a chest protector or something, or like a. Oh yeah. Fuck. He <laughs> called them like a. Oh, it's something so stupid I, and so funny. I think it was chest protector, wasn't it? Maybe, maybe it was chest protector. God, I was just <laughs> dude. You're such a child, and it made me laugh so hard. I giggled. <laughs> I like a child. <laughs> Damn it! I forgot what it's called. I don't know. What else you got? <laughs> that was good. It was, it's a great fucking movie, honestly. All right. Uh, w- w- are there any... Pla- I, I kind of wonder like why they didn't go to certain countries, but then it made sense. Like, I wonder why they didn't go to Asia. Well, I mean, Korea, Korean War just ended. Vietnam had just started. So that's probably why. Yeah. And then why didn't they go to South America for anything? And then I realized, oh, because it's a pretty fucked up... It was a pretty fucked up time in the 1960s through a lot of South America. So so they did they did go to other places that was either just cut from the from the film or um they just got out of there way too quickly to film, but they went to India. Mm-hmm. They went surfing in India and most of the film they sent back via like the mail, but there were some there were some pieces of film that were just too good, like surfing the perfect wave when they finally found their perfect wave. And like that, that stuff was just too, too precious. And so they flew it. They they took it with them wherever they went. So when they're going out of India, I guess. Oh, the, I know what you're talking about now. The Indian government don't, doesn't allow you to take like video out of there in, in, in fear of, of you have been filming like holy places. And so they like tape it to their bodies. They tape like yeah. the film reels to their bodies going through security, sitting on the plane to get like to smuggle their own film out of India. <laughs> And I thought that was really, that was interesting. Yeah. Which leads into, I guess, Mike Hinson. Mike Hinson. And his life, his life after the movie. Smuggling other stuff. Yeah. I mean, and he claims the reason why he got the idea of smuggling drugs uh, was because of the the film, smuggling film out of India. And uh, if, if, I mean, I didn't, I honestly didn't know this until this week, but yeah, he was, uh, he smuggled drugs. He smuggled hash. And I think- coke as well but i know definitely hash in surfboards and he was a part of um what was the uh the cult it was yeah. uh it, it was something was, oh never brotherhood of. brotherhood of eternal love so yeah. this is like a um a hippie cult based out of laguna beach which is fucking crazy when you really think about it especially nowadays when laguna beach you know every house there is worth two million dollars hippie mafia um, yeah and uh yeah, so it was it was that's what they were called and their their entire existence was to open up the third eye of everybody and and essentially bring LSD or acid to everybody around the world and and everybody, you know, open up expand their minds. That was their whole intention. And Mike Hinson got a part of that and he eventually convinced them that I know an easy way to smuggle drugs. This is how I would do it. And he told them about like taping it to the body, but then on top of that then he really impressed them because he made surfboards at the time and he still does. And he would actually cut pieces out of a surfboard, 
stuff the drugs in those empty pockets of the surfboard and then, you know, glaze it over. Or what's the term again that they used when you, what's the term? That's fine. I don't know. I, but you something know what I like mean. that. Yeah. And they essentially like make it a real surfboard, but hidden inside is a bunch of drugs. And that's how they would smuggle it everywhere all over the fucking world. That's fucking nuts. It, it, yeah. It's fucking, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sad that like, like this movie made a lot of money. It made a lot yeah. of money. It made enough money for any of them to do what they wanted to do, at least be comfortable doing it. And uh, I think Mike went to Bruce at some point, even though his lawyers like told him not to do it because he was trying to sue for money for millions, which he should have got millions. Yeah. And and I think Bruce at one point was just like, yes, I will give you like X amount of dollars in cash. Plus, I will I will give you up to, you know, a million or whatever it was for you to start your own business and get on your feet. And and Mike was like, I don't need cash. I got like, you know, seventy to a hundred thousand dollars in truck in my car right now because he's been doing drugs or dealing drugs. And yeah. so he he turned down the offer and eventually got like nothing. But um there's a movie too, like Rainbow Bridge was was yeah. uh and and I only know Rainbow Bridge I've only heard of this because I had the soundtrack to it. I think you had it too, the Hendrix soundtrack. Did I? Yeah. I know you had it because I think I, I I listened to it, didn't like it at all, and then gave it to you. And I'm sure you See, either have remember. it still or, or don't. If you saw like the cover, you, I know you had it before. But like, yeah, it's just it's it's kind of about like all of this, like at least the the '60s counterculture stuff, and um, Mike Hinton. But the uh, yeah, that's a terrible that's a terrible soundtrack by Hendrix. So shame on him. <laughs> Not that I really know anything about the soundtrack. I just remember the soundtrack being very bad, and I don't like it. So. I think even the movie was was just apparently it was it was terrible, so it was. I I, would, I I mean, if I would have known about it sooner, I probably would have tried to watch it, but I just didn't have time to. But Based off of it, the Hendrix listen through, I know you've heard of the. Fu- I know you have the. Album. I don't think I have. Would you I just look at it know. real quick? You just fucking Google with your fingers, put your fingers on your computer, and just type in Rainbow just Bridge Hendrix. Rainbow Bridge, and then click on images on Google, and then you're done. Like it's just not a, it's not like that hard. Just just get it. You should already be done. I'm doing it right now. It'd be done. You'll be dead. It should be done. No, I've never had this. No, I know. I know for a fact. I no, I have that's not. fine though. That's no, fine. I've never. I've never even seen. No, that's okay. That's right. <laughs> Stupid. It's fine. It's fine if you don't remember anything. That's okay. Well, I, I've, I haven't had that. But anyway, you're getting older. And uh, yeah, so so he got got involved in all this stuff, and then eventually. By the time the 80s hit, Mike Henson had fucking hit rock bottom, meth, cocaine. He was homeless, in and out of jail for almost 10 years. And yeah, he was he was fucked up. And it's I just, I don't know. It's crazy, right? He, yeah. He could have had everything. But he, I mean, it just, it was all, it just all ended. It's, it's weird still too, because, because after, after the movie was like done, and then after they edited it, but before it was like released nationwide, they 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 hooked up with a bunch of their buddies, Bruce and then Mike Henson, and then a lot of other guys jumped in a bus and then toured like the US. And they play like local high schools and they play the movie for the local high schools. And then they would just get a record player and play live like surf rock records, and then Bruce yeah. would just narrate it live as you're watching I know. it. And and it like it killed it fucking killed everybody loved it it was just like amazing, and then like the movie comes out and it's doing really well, and there's a little bit of like backlash from the late or from the production company, which is which is why like the album art is also like a big part of contention, 
because Columbia or whoever produced, I think it was Columbia, they didn't want, mm-hmm. they didn't like the, the cover art. They thought it was stupid and they changed it and they changed it and they were going to release it as a different cover art, which, uh, which was still kind of cool. Like, like the one that the mock-up that I saw, they released mm-hmm. it super small or, or in, in select theaters or was never released. But like Bruce had to fight hard to get that, that, that poster up, that iconic, that poster and this so summer. Rad. I mean, it's like how could, but like how could you not like that kind of like two cone color there? Like the I know. Like, what are makes you stupid? No we dumb. <laughs> it makes no sense. It makes it's so. Dumb? Maybe it's just iconic now because it's been so long. But I don't but know. It, it does. It does like everything you want a surf movie to do. It do, it it does everything. It tells you what the movie's going to be about. Right, just based off of yeah. off of what's happening in the picture. It's a surf movie. Endless summer. It's got a good like two tone thing with the pink and the red, with the sun in the background, and so I don't know. Like it's a fuck it. It's a perfect. It's a perfect poster for a movie. It and is. If, yeah. if you can't see that, fucking whoever it was, I don't know. But you're then you're stupid. <laughs> you dumb. You dumb. Oh boy. All right. Uh, also, I read that this place it did really well in Kansas. Did you see that it did really well in Kansas? Yeah, and they they played it during the winter. When not, it was snowing, yeah. Out. Not only like was it a, a the <laughs> it was winter, like a blizzard. But they had like one of the worst snowstorms like they've had like ever. <laughs> yeah. And for two weeks straight, it sold out every single night. Even though, according to lore, the outside marquee was completely frosted over, completely iced over, so you couldn't even see what was playing in the theater. But every single night, it sold out. The and that was a way to show the production company, "Hey, fuck off! This is not a regional thing. Everybody will like this." There you go. It's. It, I read that too. I couldn't believe that. Put. That I, in I honestly. Place. I believe that. Out of all the the lore that you hear from this, that's one of the things I I believe it. I believe it too, because this is this is just too damn good. Yeah. Because it's not it just really about is. surfing. Like people like this movie that don't surf. Yeah. I. You don't. Yeah. Exactly. It, it has. It has the the small bit of humor. It has the. Even though you know it's not completely authentic, it has this amazing charm to it and it's crazy too because these guys aren't doing anything wild on the on the waves they're they're riding these fucking long boards they're not they're not really doing anything nuts yeah they're just having is, a good time it's just like this it's just pure fun this is this is well part. before kelly slater like tore up the surfing world yeah yeah that's and this true. is well before you know, people are, are surfing boards that are that are shorter than than eight feet long. This is uh, this is a time of surfing where they, you, you're out there because you just want to hang out. You want to just chill. Yeah, absolutely. I like to um, at the beginning of the movie they're they're in Oahu uh, on Hawaii, and uh, and they're showing like all these other like pro sur- or like famous surfers of the time. I mean, I've never heard of them outside of this movie and. They're just doing like these like goofy things. Like they're they're walking to the front of the board. They're just they're just they just look like they're having a blast. And yeah, then there's that one part off. where the one the one the one guy apparently like he's super good and he's like, Show show us one of your moves. He's like walking down the beach with the board above his head and he like does like that he just like does that little jig and he's like, That a boy. It's like what <laughs> it's like the stupidest narration. It, it, I love it though. You've heard of Corky Carroll, right? Like have you heard of that that guy? No, I, I haven't. He's like one I of the first not. guys to to really like get famous for surfing, to oh, okay. to get paid for surfing, I guess. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised to see out of the, out of the three people that were involved in this movie, 
Robert August, there was the like the least amount written about him. He was yeah. the hardest to find any information because like Bruce Brown, he made other movies. Like he made Endless Summer Two back in the early nineties and he took a couple other surfers out and had them follow the same trek that these guys did. And he, he made a few other surf movies and, and things here and there throughout the years, but yeah, Robert August, there was nothing. There's not much. I mean, he has his own surf company where he makes boards and stuff, but outside of that, like nothing. Nothing crazy. <laughs> I like too when they were when they were surfing uh, I think it was Australia and the girls were wearing like the two piece bikinis. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was Mike who 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 said like, Oh, Mike was getting real friendly with the locals and then he just kept showing Mike just chasing that one girl. Like constantly throughout, like just trying to talk to her, but they eventually both leave in the car together, and then it shows Robert like just throwing sand and then into the sand, like picking up sand, like oh shucks, like that was funny, like just constantly making fun of each other, and that was good. Yeah, and the stupid little radio that Mike was always carrying around. Oh, I love that thing. (laughs) That was it was pretty cool, but it's just like it was. God, it was so cool, so of its time. I loved it. I also read too that they 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 were doing all of this and and. The camera equipment that Bruce had all weighed like twenty pounds. Yeah, that's crazy, like, right? That's, that's so it. light. That's, that's so fucking light for what they were doing. But then it makes sense because they didn't have any sound equipment. Yeah, they only had they only had, they had no money. Just the camera. That's it. Can't yeah. Do it. And, and they just, used the same so surfboards the entire summer, like the entire time they were doing this. Same surf didn't break nothing, didn't destroy nothing. That's it. Same two surfboards. Yeah. And then they were. Uh, what is it when they land in? I don't remember what what African country, and the they were apparently they were fighting with like the the car service about where to put the surfboards. Oh they yeah, just put it on top of the car. We even brought the rope, and then they just put it in the trunk. And like the that wouldn't trunk. happen in the U.S. But like I mean, that's I don't know stupid. How, how fabricated. It's just stupid because they're driving like a Volkswagen, but like a, a bug or something similar, something small like that, to where. Ten percent of the board is covered inside the trunk, and the other ninety percent is sticking out the back. It's like, <laughs> no. bro, just put it on top. <laughs> what are you doing? It's a silly boy talk. Uh, it was really stupid. It was and they're complaining about, I think Nigeria too, when they got there and they're like, oh, all the hotels were thirty dollars a night, and like it <laughs> adjusted for inflation, that's like over two two fifty a night. That's a lot. It's expensive. It is. It is. Oh, and then they're they're like they're at the gas station. <laughs> They're at the gas station. Oh, and they a say, dollar yeah, for a gallon. It was a dollar. It was a dollar for a gallon of gas, and then it goes up to like the sign, and it's A G I P. It was a jip, and it was just, oh, yeah. It was the stupidest <laughs> joke, but it was so funny. Yeah, adjusted for inflation, thirty bucks in nineteen sixty five is two hundred seventy three dollars a night for Oof. a hotel. That's crazy. It's That's not that lot. crazy here in California. A dollar a gallon in nineteen sixty five inflation nine dollars a gallon. Oh shit! Yeah, so that, that's why they were mad. Like rightfully so. It's fucking expensive. Yeah, yeah, They're getting is. hosed. Good movie. Good. Good. Great stuff. fucking. Great fucking movie. I think we've honestly touched upon almost every part of the movie. Now that I think about it, the one the one other thing talking about the perfect wave, and that was in Cape St. Francis, South Africa. Yeah. Like the t- only time where where I felt like Bruce was just like, damn. This is like where you just you really realize like he is just having the time of his life is when he talked about how the perfect wave was and he's just going all in. He's yeah, they're breaking like they're coming in diagonally so you can just ride them forever. And he kind of like pauses and he goes, damn, just think of all the wasted waves we haven't ridden and all the wasted waves that won't be ridden after (laughs) we leave. I was like, whoa, damn, dude, that's kind of deep. That was just like you you can ride for miles. And he says, 
don't he said he could write forever. He said you could just write forever, which obviously is not real. But he said, yeah, you could just write yeah. forever. He said, just think of all the wasted waves before us and all the wasted waves that will be unwritten after we leave. I was like, dude, this guy is like all about this. He's all in. Like he, he actually truly, truly loves what he's doing right now. Yeah, you can you cannot have gotten a better narrator for this movie. So good, so it's amazing. Good. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's uh, that's it for my notes, dude. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. Do you care to talk about any of the other songs? Like, I feel like that's not even the point of this episode, really. Nah. Because I, I thought it was going to be more about the music going into it, but then after doing the research or like no research because there's nothing, you know, much about the music, but yeah. It's just it's basic surf. Good. Like, like if, if we were going to do surf, like a surf album, we for sure are just going to do Dick Dale. Oh, absolutely. Like that's that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah. The sandals again. This one, I guess. We get, this, I guess this could be a wrap up. This could be it. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. Okay. Wait. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap up the music. Let's wrap up the movie, and then we'll give it two ratings. We're going to give it a music rating, and we're going to give it a movie rating. So, with that, if you don't already know, we have a world famous three point rating system where three. Is a perfect album, perfect movie. Uh, two is a good album or movie you would watch again, recommend to others. One is a bad album or movie. Uh, it's worth watching once, but you don't like it. And then Zero is the worst thing you've ever heard or seen. So what's your wrap-up on the music and movie and your rating? Go. So if you take if you take this album on its own, it's it's not it's it's not the best like surf rock. Like in any way, shape, or form, it's it's not even like a top ten. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not. It's there's a couple songs. I think there's like four songs on here. There's two songs that are beyond bangers on their own for sure, without even needing the the movie. Oh, and there's yeah, totally. two more songs that I think are actually really really good. But everything else, like you need the movie. You need the movie. It's a companion piece. This is a band that didn't do much before, didn't really do anything after, and they've only they've only reconvened a couple times. They played at the fucking uh, the galaxy or the the observatory now. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a, right? yeah, it was sold out, packed yeah. house. Fuck me, I would go decent sized venue. Yeah, and, and you know they probably brought like a projector and played endless summer in the background. Oh, like that's, you have to. Fuck me, you come you on. Have to. Stupid talk. So, <laughs> I I'd die. I would die. Right, so you know, given all that, like I, I do love surf rock a lot. I'm no, I, I'm a dummy. Like I know most of it sounds like goddamn same. I'm a dummier, but um, but I like this. I like this. I, I'm, I'm very much into surf rock now more than like ever with this vinyl thing, and it's really cool, and I dig it. It's definitely like a regional, a regional thing, to be really into surf rock. Um, but like it's just it's accessible music, and it, it kind of goes for everybody. And surf rock is something that you can just listen to on any any planet and, and feel good. And this movie yeah. proves it. This movie proves that you don't have to be a surfer. Oh, that reminded me of a friend of the pod, Kevin. Kevin Vu. He used to he used to put on his aim away messages, only a surfer knows how it feels. Did he really? Yeah. He surfed? Oh, it was so Kevin surfed? Oh, he played drums too, but mm. remember that big drum uh, set he had? Oh, you're right. Remember how good he was? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how good he was at surfing, too. <laughs> Did you ever surf with him? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, but only only surfer knows how it feels. Yeah, so like as, as an album on its own, if I take the movie away completely from this, this is, you know, this is this is forgettable stuff. This is probably a two just because of, you know, 
the couple songs here that'd be on bangers, but like the song that's the biggest banger is the theme song, right? That's your biggest banger. Yeah. Barrel, 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 barrel. That baseline, the do do. That's Green yeah. Day. Green Day fucking took that and did their own surf rock version on uh, on on Nimrod. Same thing. <laughs> And that's that was like really. them paying. That's oh, the exact same chord. What are you yeah. talking about? Every note for note, it's the same thing. It's exactly yeah. the same. Okay. It's not. It's note for note the same thing. They're just riffing bow, a little bit bow, different. Bow, bow, bow. So now good. they're going higher. Yeah, yeah, but that's all right. Uh, on its own, it's fine. It's like a two. Um, the movie, however, the movie, the movie is is in, inspiring. Like I said, it's not just it's not just a bunch of guys going out surfing, hanging ten, blah. and I, I think they did very little drugs too while on the the trip. From what I read, there was very yeah. little there's very little pot smokage going on. I mean, where would they get it? Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is, is so. and then they don't have a lot of money, so like yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing. Fifty thousand dollar budget, three dudes traveling the world for two months probably. It seems like maybe like a lot, like inflation-wise, but I mean, he had to borrow like a lot of that money too, so they just yeah. didn't they didn't have a lot of money. A lot of that money went to like buying plane, t- all of it went to buying plane tickets, hotels. Uh, but like it's it's an it's an inspirational movie. It's about getting out there, getting out of your comfort zone, conquering something, and and I don't know, just exploring the world, seeing what the world has to offer. And again, like I I, I said, our Europe trip was super dope, and I loved it, and I've since like done other things like I've, I've worked in mexico and like all these things are just eye-opening experiences and i'm still learning to this day things that that i th- i think would I just, I don't even cross my mind i just I, yeah. I don't think about and then somebody says something holy fuck i never even thought about that that's crazy and i, I think this movie evokes that kind of response it evokes that like i said wanderlust that's why we watch the travel channel that's why we like property brothers that's why that's why people watch these shows is because we like to to see the world but we gotta yeah. go see it. We can't just watch it. We gotta go do it. Gotta get out there. It's true. Gotta Very get true. out there. So as a movie, uh, this is a fucking three. That's stupid. If you don't Oof. know because it's a three, this is a perfect, perfect fucking movie. This is a oh perfect movie. And even like even the namesake, even the endless summer, endless summer. Like we've all had endless summers. We all have summers where we're like, God damn, that was a fucking good summer. The summer out of high school. Yeah. That was a fucking good summer. We were all perfect summer. We all just felt free. We all just felt like, even though high school yeah. wasn't like that bad. Like, I mean, yeah, it wasn't tough. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're all smart enough to get through high school, and it wasn't a big deal. But like that first summer out of high school was just like, God damn, what are we gonna do with our lives? I don't know. Let's just hang out. And that was there's like perfect. There summer. was no freedom. There was no freedom like that. Outside of like, I mean, well, you got your license when you were eighteen, but <laughs> yeah, you know, outside of getting getting my license when I was sixteen, and then also the summer. I mean, the day I graduated high school, that night, we all graduated high school. We didn't even do anything super crazy that night, but just that entire summer was was fucking unreal. It was. It was just... It, it was, was so, so... It was so liberating. It was. It was so freeing. Yeah, it yeah. Was, you, yeah. just, you, you felt like such a different person, and... and yeah. Like we were still too young to even understand like the actual problems that adults will have to face at some point. But we're old enough yeah. now to to disassociate ourselves with, like, rage style. Like, fuck you. You can do what you. I'm gonna do what you tell me. Like, <laughs> come on. I'm an adult now. I graduated. It was that. School. It was that. Yeah, it was that perfect period where you had, literally, no responsibilities, and yet you had no. 
I mean, I mean that the first few weeks after high school, we had no jobs for the most part, or nothing we cared about. Yeah, <laughs> nothing we cared yeah. about for the first summer. We had nothing job we cared about. Yeah, and it was just it was yes. about just watching as many movies in the theaters we can. Watching, I mean, dude, every Saturday or Sunday, Ryan and I used to watch three movies every fucking Saturday or Sunday after high school. Yeah, the movie, every all, all the all the movie hopping. Dude, we would three just pay for one a movie. Day. It's crazy, yeah. and we didn't care. Didn't even eat. Didn't buy anything. The cheapest fuck. <laughs> Drink water. No. <laughs> I brought sunflower seeds and spit them all over the fucking floor like an asshole. Oh, dude, that was terrible. And then also, we wouldn't even drink. We didn't even drink at that point. <laughs> no, we wouldn't even drink. That's crazy. We, we just like tre- we we just trespassed a lot. A lot of trespassing. And a, and a little bit of vandalism, but mostly trespassing. <laughs> but that's all we did. Like the summer after high school, that's all we fucking did. And that's no like, drinking, no drugs. It was it was like the purest, the purest of purest. You could be as a young person, I feel, because you had no, you had no, you had no hindrance, you know, with, with substances, and it was just like just straight up fun that summer. That that was yeah. that was wild. And so. I, I think I think that word, like that word, endless or that phrase, endless summer. That's very, I don't know. It's, it's very. In itself, this is one of those words that, that you, you you read in the summer. You think like, dude, it automatically puts you into a place. It already it automatically makes your mind jog and go to a place where you thought you had a really good summer, even without yeah. even seeing what endless summer is about. If you didn't see the tagline, if someone just said, "Hey, like, have you ever seen the movie Endless Summer?" or "What do you think? What do you think it's about?" and before you even think about what it's about, you're automatically going into your mind and thinking, "Damn, like, what was the best summer I had?" And why do you think? about like that when when you hear the phrase endless summer and it's just it's just a really good phrase it's a really good tagline for a movie and it's just it's it's great it's it's such a great movie and my mom was out here yeah, this weekend absolutely. and she uh she was like falling asleep halfway through it but she'd wake up at times and then she'd laugh really hard at like his jokes because they're just so stupid <laughs> and she's like what are you watching like, it's an endless summer and she's like oh wow this is kind of funny and I was like, what do you think? She's like, oh, it's really good. And she loved it. And she, like, she's seen it before in her younger days, but now she pretends that she's older than she is. But um, I don't know. Yeah. It's a three. Hot damn. Three out of three. All right. So so my, my final thoughts here, I agree with you. Musically, it's uh, it's it's good. It's just good. That's it. It, it doesn't blow me away. It, Dick Dale did it a hundred times better. And... Uh, you cannot watch, you cannot, wait, what am I trying to say? Mm-hmm. The music is so much better when you, in the context of the movie, and uh, I'm just going to end up repeating everything you said. Sure, do it. Like, honestly. I want to hear it again. I want to hear it again. There, there's not, there's not much substance musically. I mean, it's a band, like you said, that, that we, like we said, only put out, like, this album, a couple other things here and there. This is their, this is their, their magnum opus, I guess you could say. And that's a word. I, that's a term I have not said in a long time. It's their only um, opus. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but this record for me, it, it's a two out of three. It's it's really good. It's fun. I'm gl- I'm really glad I have it on vinyl, and you should be too, because you have it on vinyl now too. Yeah. Uh, it's still a lot of fun to listen to. I, I listened to it today on the way home from work, and I was I was just I was stoked. Like I was just so happy about it, and. This movie, I watched it three times this week, like I said at the beginning of the episode, and I've seen this movie dozens of times, maybe yeah, dozens of times. It's over the years. It's it's just so much fun. It means so much. 
and what you said about the just the the title and the tagline itself the endless summary it's it it evokes so many emotions for everybody everybody has a different has a different viewpoint a different different memories on what their best summer what their what particular summers mean to them and uh i mean i i've obviously had a lot of really great summers as a kid as an adult and you know hurry fucking in our 20s i mean we were dude summer the loco that was a good one summer 2010 man that is the summer (laughs) the loco i will never that is one summer i will never forget that was that was wild um but i mean it's it's so funny because like for me i have the the summers when i was a kid and it was just so it was just straight innocent and just so much fun just being idiot fucking kids and then like you said when we when we finished high school we had that summer that that one summer was so memorable i mean kind of in different ways because we kind of had a different group of friends here and there but then we all came together too and we all had a blast that summer and then we have the summer of the loco like you were saying summer of 2010 that summer was that we we had we had started you know partying more and meeting new people and just there were a lot of life-changing things happened that that particular summer as well so that, that, that was the summer that i was in portland because i i came back and you guys already started the summer of the loco oh no you came back from mexico you weren't no, in portland first, you you, you went to portland after you went to portland after the summer of the loco you you came oh. you came you you were in mexico for like a month and so like right when you right before you left to mexico that's when the loco was starting to to get its rise and while you were gone in Mexico, that's when we started. We were going ape shit with the loco. Because the first and time I had it was at back, that that guy's house, the waterfall friend of of Tammy's. Oh, at Nathan's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. we had some fucking fun parties at that house. I, and I remember, oh my God, you had me try this lemon one or lemonade one. And it was fucking disgusting. Oh, it was terrible. It was all terrible. But then, like, yeah, you know, you drink it and something else. Yeah, it's it's a different. It was a different kind of drunk. Yeah, so that that again, like that was another unreal summer for, for like me too, like summer of the local because of the Mexico trip and that's like stupid stuff. Yeah, I mean, but I don't, but when you think about it too, I mean, for me at least, it was a lot of the people that we met and a lot of people we were hanging out with at the time. I mean, a lot of those people I don't I don't talk to anymore, and and it's fine. I mean, I don't need to talk to them. I mean, it was it was a, it was a great memories of that 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 those three four months and. And it was just a fucking great Honestly, summer. like, not so. to like, not to like toot our own horns here, but I feel we are we are very we are very okay, which is having like a great night, a great week, a great summer with somebody, some people, and just like enjoying the moment that we have with them, and being okay with never talking to them again. But at least yeah. we have that. At least we have that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at look at somebody like Aaron Dillon. We spent like what three years where we were always hanging out. We're attached. All of to us him. were just, yeah. And then you just think shit happens. We just stop kind of talking to each other. Yeah. Pat, Pat's another one. Pat, Pat. I mean, I still love Pat. Pat's a great guy. Sure. But you know, I haven't. I mean, I barely talk to the guy anymore. And you don't need it's to. Just, it's yeah. It's fine. Take what you had. Don't take it for granted. Enjoy the moment. Carpe D's nuts, homie. Right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking going down this nostalgia rabbit hole, man. We can go on Dude, for Dude, Endless Summer, man. I'm telling you, just that tagline. It's, per- it's, it's so perfect three out of three. It's fucking good. It's so it is. Good. 
It is. It's a fucking amazing. It's this movie. It evokes so many emotions, and it's just, it's so insane to think that you know we weren't even there. We were not even a a thought. Like our parents were children at this point I know. when this movie came <laughs> out. You know, <laughs> my, my mom was four years old when this movie came out, and we were and, never into surfing that much. Yeah, but yet this movie just means so much. There, there's just something so weird and and just captivating about it. And I don't know what it is. Dude, the Joshua Tree but, trip that we did, like, come oh, on, dude, that was that was one of the greatest. <laughs> Honestly, one of the greatest. That was, that was, two, it was like those, two or three nights. One of the those, greatest. It was two nights. Yeah, I know it was two nights. Yeah, the first night, the first night was when the guy cracked his head open because he was <laughs> tripping on. The, cause he, he took so many shrooms. He and fucking fell down like a small he fell, cliff. Yes, fell down, fell down, hit his head on a rock. And he's like, oh, "I'm good, guys." Blood. They shot the weekend with us. The next then, night, remember, yeah. like, fifty people showed up in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? The bonfires everywhere. Massive that bonfires. Fucking, that was. That was fucking nuts. That was yeah. a fun trip. That was a good one. But in Josh Tree, the middle of the fucking desert in November, it was like twenty-five degrees out. Not prepared for that. We had but the, but we had those. Remember, we had those military uh, surplus the military sleeping s- bags, and like it yeah. got hot. Like they they worked so well. Like it got fucking hot. Like we we were literally we weren't even sleeping in tents. We were sleeping on rocks. Like well, like that was giant I, fucking yeah. rocks. Like I can't imagine. Like because that was we were a lot younger, and then, and now, dude, if I sleep on a rock, like there's, I'm not sleeping. There's no fucking way I can sleep on a rock. Yeah. I need at yeah. least some cushion, otherwise I will not sleep. But like we slept on a rock on the side of a fucking rock, on the comfortably on like, not a cliff, but it was like a, a sloped rock drop. Yeah, yeah. When it was twenty five degrees, it was fucking nuts. Yeah, that's a guy <clears> that we don't talk to really ever. But I mean, if we ever got with him again, then it would be like nothing. No time ever passed between us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You just you just make these these crazy memories with with certain people, and I don't know. It's cool, man. Nah, I love the it. summer. It was a great time, great times. So, uh, so yeah, like I said, I gave the gave the music part of it a two point or two out of three, and then the movie itself a perfect three out of three because that's just straight silly boy talk. Uh, if you don't rate it, if you don't rate it, that it's a perfect so, movie. All right, do we have anything else on this uh, on the stuffs? Nah, that's good? it. That's all. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the podcast. You know the drill. Give us five stars on Apple Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Keep listening. Tell all your friends and uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy your summer because it's fucking it's almost summertime now. Enjoy this fucking endless summer mm. and uh, fucking that's it. That's all. Back on. <laughs>
As a little kid, I threw rocks everywhere. I don't know why kids do it. It's just Dude, I fucking still throw rocks. Why do exactly? Why do we throw rocks? I don't I'm know. Thirty five years old, I will still throw a rock into water. I don't give a I, fuck. I know. I don't cool. know why. It just it does look cool. You want to see how far you can throw it. You want to see if it yeah. curves. You want to see if you can skip. There's so many reasons to throw rocks. You want to see know. how much of a splash there is. You want to see if you can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking. Who doesn't want to throw a rock into water? 